Hello, this is Vin Peterson from Politics Weekly, and today we're going to talk about the news of the week and just generally what happened. Sorry, it's been a while. I've been pretty busy recently, but I will fi- I'm finally gone back to my podcast. So we're going to start with the Georgia Senate race. That's probably what's on everybody's mind right now. Um, Herschel Walker came up short to Democratic incumbent Ralph L. Warnock, 51.4%. So he lost by about 2.8 percentage points, so almost three points. Mm -hmm. So that means Democrats will have a 51-49 majority, even with Cinema becoming an independent. Um, I didn't think I mentioned that. She's still a caucus with the Democrats. I think she already said she's not going to caucus with Republicans, so it'll be a 51-49 majority. And that'll mean on the Judiciary Committee, for example, instead of it being an 11-11 split, it will be a 10-12 majority for Democrats. So that's going to be a bit interesting to see how things in the Senate change following that expanded majority for the Democratic Party. Um, Meanwhile, it appears that um, the lame duck session is about, is going... We have a lame duck session, of course. Um, it appears that they got a deal on the defense bill and on a spending bill to avoid a government shutdown, so that's good to hear. I think they should do a bit more. They should do something, I think, about... Yeah, they should do some more things, but both of those are important. I think they should, for example, raise the debt limit, and they should probably do something on immigration reform, but that has failed um, a lot of times, 2007, 2013, if... I can go on and on about how, unfortunately, how there's basically been very little changes to our immigration law in the past, like, 20 years. It's kind of amazing at this point. Um, I think our immigration system is very flawed in that they need some sort of comprehensive reform, but that's my opinion, of course. They should do something about that, um, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's that's probably going to go nowhere for a while. Meanwhile... I am glad that they did get the defense bill and that they got a spending bill to avoid the government shut down. They're on track for that. So that's a good thing. So that's it pretty much for the federal side. Let's move on to the state level. Um, In Arizona, um, we have something called an aggregate expenditure limit or AEL, which just limits how much the government can spend in Arizona. And it's the constitutional cap on spending, basically. But the problem is most of the budget in Arizona, the general fund budget, is education. And that's what this applies to, largely. And the problem is that if it doesn't get, we might have to raise it. Um, in order to raise it, you have to have a two-thirds majority because it's a constitutional provision. And if it doesn't get raised, the problem is that schools will have to figure out how to cut $1.5 billion from their budget. So legislators on both sides of the aisle in Arizona are calling on Doug Ducey to lift the spending cap for obvious reasons. So they don't have to figure out how to make massive budget cuts to their schools last minute, which would be catastrophic. There's no other way to put it. So, But Ducey said, no, I'm not going to focus on that. Um, he says... I'm only going to do it if they focus on other priorities, like he wants some changes to the election law. I think he said he wants even more voucher extensions. He also said that he wanted to do something about the U.S.-Mexico border. So there's something that, yeah, so Ducey says, I'm not going to call a special session to lift this spending cap unless if you do other things that I want, which I don't think is a good idea. I mean, he has the opportunity to end this, his lame duck tenure as governor of Arizona on a high note in doing something bipartisan, which is allowing schools to spend the money that they were already obligated to spend, but 
unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I think, I guess, probably may- maybe Hobbs will have to do it when she's in office in January, but we'll see how that goes. Um, meanwhile, um, Carrie Lake, um, this should be a no-brainer to anyone who is paying attention, but she has failed to concede the race for some reason. I mean, she lost. Yes, it was close, but keep in mind, even though it was a close race, she still lost by more than double what Joe Biden won by 2020. And, you know, the thing is, it was like November 9th or November 10th, you know, in Arizona, it took a while to count votes because of all the mail-in balloting and stuff like that here. Um, we've had that for a long time. It's not, there's nothing unusual about how long it takes in Arizona. It's just the thing is that the races in Arizona, they get so much closer each and every year. So it just takes a while to find out. And that's not unusual to see, get all the results in. But like, for example, Kimberly Yee won for, by like 11 points. We knew that result on election night. But the other races were so close that we had to wait a few more days, like six more days for the governor's race, for example. But, I mean, people are mentioning about the tabulator issues in Maricopa County, and that's, like, why she thinks, oh, the election was stolen. I mean, what happened with the printing issue at the vote centers in Maricopa County was unfortunate, but the thing is, it didn't leave anybody disenfranchised. Um, And even the Republican Maricopa County Board of Supervisors has pointed that out, and they could just put their ballot in a secure bay and it'll be counted later, but many people refuse to do that, and, you know, and it just created long lines, and that's unfortunate that that happened, but the thing is, again, nobody was disenfranchised, and I think just Carrie Lake probably just needs to quit complaining, in my opinion, and she's also mad that, you know, Hobbs is the Secretary of State, her opponent, and she has a over oversight of the election, but, you know, the same thing, Brian Kemp did the exact same thing in 2018, and I didn't hear anything about Republicans complaining about him running, being the Secretary of State while running for governor in 2018. So that's something notable, in my opinion. And the thing is, she's not the only person who certifies it. Um, the people who also certify it would be, of course, the um, the Secretary of State, but also the Attorney General, the Chief Justice, and the Governor in Arizona. So it's a multi-step bipartisan process. So there shouldn't be any mm, worry over the partisanship that's involved in the certification. And by the way, the elections, they're largely ran at the county level. The thing that the Secretary of State has the main authority over is is the procedure manual, of course, and also um, the voter rolls, the voter registration system in the state. But most of the other things in terms of like county and tabulation, those are all up to the county level. In Maricopa County, the entire like elections process is ran by Republicans, um, the largest county in the state. So, yeah. That just seems a bit strange why she's complained about it. She's just kind of a sore loser. I mean, the thing about Carrie Lake, though, is, you know, I was mentioned how I shocked about how many election deniers conceded, I think. I mean, in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano conceded. I mean, I beat reluctantly, but, I mean, he lost by 15 points, of course. You can't change. It's very difficult to convince anybody that that was any sort of fraud there. Um, and I think in pretty much the majority of races, I think the only exceptions would be the governor's race and the attorney general's and the secretary of state race in Arizona were Fincham, Hamaday, and Lake. They all refused to concede. I mean, Masters has conceded, even though he's said, I think Trump won in 2020. That's what Blake Masters said. Even though he's in the same vicinity as like Kerry Lake and Mark Fincham, he has conceded. But for some reason, Fincham and Lake and Hamaday hasn't conceded. I think the other one would be like a Republican candidate for secretary of state in Michigan, I believe. 
she has refused to concede for some reason. I mean, it's notable the fact that she lost to the Democratic incumbent by 14 points. Yeah, you're not going to convince anybody that there's fraud sufficient enough to overturn an election defeat when you lose by 14% of the vote. Yeah, so, yeah, she's becoming a very, very sore loser for some reason. I'm not sure why. It's irresponsible for people like her or like Carrie Lake or Mark Fincham or any of these other people to just do stuff like that. I mean, they shouldn't be doing this. And the thing is, Carrie Lake, I think, is trying to file a lawsuit to overturn the election. But the thing is, the counties have already certified their results. It's already been certified at the state level. So, yeah, there's nothing really going on. Of course, there was that fiasco with Cochise County, which is a small county in southern Arizona, right next to Pima County. It's heavily Republican. And initially, the County Board of Supervisors, they refused to certify the results. Of course, they were eventually sued by the Secretary of State's office because it was actually illegal, and a judge ruled that they had to certify it or else face a potential felony. So eventually, the Board of Supervisors in Cochise County luckily agreed to unanimously certify the election results after that. But that was kind of a... I don't, they shouldn't have been doing that, of course. And the thing is, if Cochise County would have refused to certify their election results, by the way, that would actually benefit Democrats because Cochise County is heavily Republican. If that were to be the case, if Cochise County failed to certify their election results, they would have handed the superintendent of public instruction seat to the Democrat and a congressional race in Tucson to the Democrat as well. So, yeah, it's counterproductive. I think the only reason why these People did this in Cochise County was just to get media attention and just to chin up a narrative. But regardless, they shouldn't be doing that, trying to disenfranchise voters. And I mean, the thing is that Hobbs filed a lawsuit to, you know, um, make Cochise County certify their election results. And by the way, if she if Cochise County would have refused to certify the results, Hobbs would have won by an even bigger margin than she actually did. So the fact is um, yeah, this proves that, I guess, that she is actually acting within her duties and not trying to get a specific political outcome. And by the way, Republicans won in other races. I mentioned the superintendent seat. They beat out a Democratic incumbent in Arizona by a narrow margin. They won the state treasurer's race easily by 11 percentage points. So it's not like they're, they're like, yeah. So there was other Republicans who won in Arizona. And the fact that, you know, like Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham are just claiming fraud is just, frankly frankly just sows distrust in the elections processed i mean it just doesn't make any sense why they're doing this no, nor should they be doing this it's kind of ridiculous at this point but of course her lawsuits are going nowhere of course because the thing is it's already certified you can't do anything after that <laughs> yeah it's sort of ridiculous and the thing is i saw like carrie lake saying on social media and saying in interviews like november 10th november 11th like a few days following the election results, she said, oh, we're going to win. We just don't know how big the victory margin is. Oh, we're going to win. She was like, and then on CNN, she was interviewed. If you lose, will you accept the outcome of the election? And she said, I will win the election. I'll accept that result. So she basically didn't acknowledge that she wouldn't acknowledge defeat if she were to lose, which she did. Yeah, she was curious about how big the victory margin Carrie Lake was. Um, I think she said in a Fox News interview is, oh, we're going to win. We just don't know how big the victory margin is going to be. Uh, and that's what Carrie Lake said, I think, on a Fox News interview. And, and I have to tell you, Carrie Lake, what the victory margin actually is. It's a negative victory margin or what normal people um, call a loss. 
yeah, that's all I can say right there. Um, yeah, so those lawsuits are ridiculous, but um, there's some other things to note in Arizona is that I want to talk about some of the propositions. One thing that passed was Prop 308 regarding in-state tuition for um, um, non-citizens. Um, that passed actually allowing like uh, soccer recipients, I think, to receive in-state tuition, and that got, and it passed which I th- is a good thing in my opinion. Um, and that's something notable that happened with the election results in Arizona. I mean, the only reason I think Hoffman lost for the superintendent seat is because people are mad about COVID and learning loss. I think that was the only reason she lost narrowly. But the thing is, but considering that, I guess it's not too surprising. It's actually impressive how close it truly was, in my opinion. Another thing that's notable is the attorney general's race in Arizona. That race was decided by 511 votes, 511 votes out of two and a half million casts, which is extremely tight, to say the least, in terms of that victory margin for Chris Mays over Abe Hamaday. And the thing is, when people say, oh, your vote doesn't matter, or like, no matter how many doors you knock or whatever you do, it doesn't matter, stuff like that. And the thing is, I think that just underscores the point that your vote does matter, no matter just... No matter what it seems like, um, your vote does matter when you see margins like this. I think there was like a state legislator seat in Virginia a few years ago that was decided by like one vote for the Republicans and they had to do a coin toss. Yeah, like stuff like, you know, every single vote truly is important. Um, So, yeah, when people just tell you, oh, your vote's not going to make a difference, it can. And that's just underscores the entire narrative of these incredibly close races. I mean, those are rare, but they happen and... You don't want to take anything for granted when things are very consequential in those races. And that's all I have to say for today. Um, um, peace out and form your own conclusions, guy. Um, guys, uh, see you later. Bye.